0: You guys may or may not have witnessed our very own Ryan Koningsberg experience, a pretty rough hangover experience after the Broncos, draft party, and preseason game at Blake Street Tavern. If you haven't, this video is worth checking out on Facebook at Broncos. Vita Mobile IV came to Ryan's rescue, and I mean they really came through. VitaMobile IV comes to your home, office, dorm room, or wherever you need some serious hydration. VitaMobile IV is made up of professionals passionate about preventative healthcare and the benefits of IV therapy and alternative medicine. Recover and recharge with VitaMobile IV. Download their app, request a skilled IV drip therapist, sit back and relax because they come to you. Don't forget to use promo code HYD20 and save 20% off your first IV drip. VitaMobile IV... Visit meetamobileiv.com today to learn more or just download their app and book your appointment. That's HYD20 to save
1: 20%. And Cole gets another good righty and another ride right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He! Suits and scars. Nathan McKinnon! Call JT Comfort! 877 goes now! Gabriel Landeskog, Collective Hugs! 29 and 92. See me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious! <laughs>
0: Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by The Green Solution. You can visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations and use Express Checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. You can get on your phone right now and go to their website, mygreensolution.com, to order your flower, concentrates, edibles, and topicals online. Plus, you can use code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I'm Nathan Rudolph. He's A.J. Haefeli. The Colorado Avalanche just slapped down the Vegas Golden Knights 6-1 in their own building, taking down their first ever win in Vegas. Shots were 40-26. to Safe to say, for me at least, this was the complete Colorado Avalanche. This is their peak. This is what they're capable of, and it was pretty.
1: I mean, with... Out Miko Rantanen,
0: right? No Miko, no big moose there. To be honest, the first line was fine. They picked up a power play goal and had a nice play th- through Kale McCarr, but they didn't like put the team on their back or anything in in that regard.
1: Yeah, um, these are these are always the hardest games for me to analyze and and talk about because I don't know what to say beyond that was an absolute domination of another NHL club. I mean, there was no score effects. There was no nothing in that game. The Avs tore Vegas apart. Like flat out, that was as bad as they will beat somebody all year. That's, yeah. I mean, when we talk about, oh, just imagine if a team puts it together for 60 minutes, that's what that looks like
0: straight up that is a complete game of of domination i mean they played so well that the second half of the third period vegas basically just packed it in and the avs got to coast which is great because they play again tomorrow
1: yeah the they uh, they got anaheim at home tomorrow night and in the <clears throat> uh running theme of revenge that was a team that thought that they had ended Colorado's season on March 15th last year uh, with a nice little home win. And at this point, I'm pretty excited to see how Colorado responds to that because right now, anytime they've had any reason to be upset about anything, they've gone out. And, I mean, they were just they are dominating teams. Cleanly, too. This was... I really, really
0: struggled to pick out mistakes in this game. Obviously, they gave up the one goal, and, and that's about the long and the short of it.
1: Right? I mean, they, you know, and the one goal was a goofy play. It was it was a broken play, a bouncing puck that was all over the place, uh, could not be handled, couldn't be controlled, and... Like they they settled it down and they made a nice play on it, but that was I mean that was just chaos that they made a nice uh, a nice transition play out of. I don't really have any like major faults on anybody on that goal because it's just one of those plays where all hell all hell broke loose because that puck wouldn't settle down, and once it finally did, you know they made a nice play and found an open guy and Carlson, you know made a nice shot. I don't really have an issue with that goal against Grubauer. That's, I mean, that's good stuff. I mean, that was just a, that that was a nice play by them. And the abs could have let that get, get them down. I was worried that they were going to uh, because that, I mean, it would have been very easy for them to just decide, Hey, you know, we, we were the better team in the first period that should have, you know, that, that should have had the lead and we should have, Maybe been up by several more than than just the one goal lead that we just lost, and then they just went right back to work and and got it back you know, before the period ended. Put them on the uh, the the downward trajectory to uh, you know running downhill, and Vegas never stopped them. Yeah, and everything kind of felt
0: like the opposite of that. Vegas's goal was a chaotic play. The majority of the Avs goals were just pretty. They put together a solid play all the way up the ice in some cases and finished and i mean it doesn't get any better than that
1: yeah uh trying to think of which of their goals that i would say was not just quality play all of them really um you know the the, the maybe the first kadri goal was just sort of yeah, coming in from the blue line in front. And, and yeah, he had – I mean, Jost was in front. It was a nice play from Cole to rim it around the boards. Wilson got Kadri coming off the bench and into the zone. Like, that was all good hockey. Uh, and then, you know, Jost in front with the screen. We thought that it, there might have been a tip, but nothing doing. And, I mean, really all of them. I, I mean, I, the sixth goal was you bank it off the back of the goaltender's leg and into the net, and you're like, nah, honk, honk. Yeah, but it's goal number six. So. <laughs> right. It's it's a goal with two minutes left in a 5-1 game. It doesn't really matter. That was that was just silly fun. Uh, the Makar goal was great. Confirm made a nice play. Trying to get that puck uh, to Landeskog in the middle. McCarr read it. Jumped up into the open space. Hockey IQ on display. Finally beats a goaltender. Uh, even if, you know, even though he wasn't really in the net for it. Um, I don't, I mean, that's, that's. That, that was a destruction of Vegas today. They they kicked yeah. their ass all over the ice. And the only way that Vegas tried to tried to fight back is the only way that they ever really try and fight back in games that they're losing, and that's literally by fighting. Uh, they, they tried to get all physical and uppity. Unlike in a couple of the other games this year, the Avs didn't really take the bait. They kind of just, eh, we'll let you guys do your thing. Uh, we're not going to get real into this. And then... Uh, just continue to do what yeah. they were doing. It was like every time there was a stoppage, uh, the abs would just be like, all right, well, this is a 15-second break. You guys better enjoy this. Uh, and then they, as soon as play started again, they just went right back to taking it to them. I mean, they they dominated. Abs- right. Absolutely dominated.
0: Well, and you saw they were engaging in the physical stuff early when the game was close. When Confer got leveled, they jumped right in there and, and defended him. But by the time it got out of hand, it did feel like they had learned from the previous games with Washington that they were like, okay, let's just skate away from this and, and hold this down.
1: Yeah, they, I do, you know, they, they did respond physically uh, when they had to, you know, when, when they were pressed, Uh, but it was not, it, 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 they did not engage in any like nonsense, right? There, there wasn't any of the manufactured uh, anger on on the part of the team uh, that that was that was losing. You know, they they tried to get involved in it in a little bit, but the Abs were just like, eh, we're good, and they just kept doing their thing. Man, they were like, look, we're gonna we're we're just gonna kick your ass today. <laughs> I mean, that was their attitude from the start, and I I tell you, given the situation. Uh, coming into today, I really didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, I wrote in my uh, I wrote in my takeaways today that it was fair to wonder, hey, what what's going to happen? You know, they're they're coming off of a tough loss against a division rival, their first regulation loss of the season. Uh, they lose their second best. They lose their second best player in the process. They're going into a building that's one of the toughest in the NHL to win in a place that they'd never won before and you know they were coming off of 3 days which you always wonder about a little bit of the rust factor early on and absolutely none of that mattered and they went out and kicked the shit out of them yeah
0: i mean it was it was straight up domination as you said they instead of rust the 3 days off seemed to give them the exact re-energization that you were hoping for after a a bit of an exhausted looking game against the blues and especially the forward core. I don't think there was a single player in the forward core that had a
1: struggle of a game. I think Donskoy was bad, but beyond that, I, uh, I would agree that they, I mean, when 11 of your 12 forwards are rolling, you know, pretty good. I mean, yeah, in any given game, if six of your forwards are rolling, you're feeling like not so bad, right? Should probably win that game. Yeah, but, but on a night like tonight where I thought 11 of the 12 guys were rocking and rolling, get out of here, man.
0: All right. Well, we will look at pretty much... All of those forwards, or at least most of the scoring ones, coming up here in segment two. But we're going to take our first break here, and it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. They're the original Colorado beer established here in Breckenridge in 1990. I'm sure I've told you about a number of their beers by now, whether it's the Strawberry Sky, the Hot Peak, the Colorado Core, or the one I talked about yesterday, the Avalanche Amber. Right now pretty much any of their beers are great to celebrate with because when the Abs play like this, it's just a party straight up. So, Look for any of those at your local Davidson's or local liquor store, wherever you may be. I'm sure you can find one that you like. They have the whole range from Kolsch's to IPA's to Porters. You can find something. And also keep an eye out for the Breckenridge event calendar on the DNVR.com. We have all of our events planned there. I know the Nuggets have some stuff planned, and, and we'll have some watch parties planned for the Avs as well coming up soon. So come out, drink a few Breck beers with us. Second segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast with Rudo and AJ. We are presented by The Green Solution. First player I want to talk about, JT Confer. I'm not going to lie. I had kind of written him off being able to produce in a solid way on that top line. But he absolutely came in and did what he needed to do here. And I'll tell you what. If he can pass like that goal that ended up going to Makar's stick with consistency... He'll be just fine on that top line.
1: Uh, Yeah. Play with speed, play with some tenacity, um, a little bit of playmaking ability. Um, you're not going to have too many complaints about Confer. And lack of playmaking has really been the one thing, I think, offensively that's held him back in the NHL so far. And we're seeing a lot more of that in the last week. Yeah. And then,
0: you know, It's a bit interesting in figuring out where Confer fits, because it's that give and take. We talk about his versatility all the time, Mm -hmm. but sometimes you end up in limbo because of that, because you don't have a set role, and filling in on the first line is one thing. Filling in and looking like you belong there, that opens up a whole lot of doors.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really it it does open a lot of doors. It creates the possibility that this is a dominant hockey team straight up. And I mean, that's, it's that simple. Like if he, if he comes out and he produces at even uh, a half a point per game pace, uh, when he's on this top line, then, you know, when Rantanen does come back, there's, you know, what do you do? Do you just let him continue to roll there? And do you let Rantanen go and, and, beef up another line like the 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 possibilities become crazy at that point because then I mean you're just talking about a a roster that you have no bad options now you have you only have varying degrees of good and like this is where we're now 10 games in you know when you were when you were five games in or you were three games in you were like oh well you know let's see how this goes once this takes a little more time sure a lot can happen in a 10 game stretch there will be bad 10 game stretches at, at some point, uh, I, I assume. <laughs> uh, but right now, I mean, 10 games in, and this team just looks special. They really do. I mean, it, to
0: have such a strong start to the season, and then this being game 10, it feels like the abs are stepping into a, a, a new stretch of the season that the, the the opening sprint has kind of ended and you're getting into the marathon and they come out and start by absolutely slamming down the Knights. It's like, wait a minute.
1: When does this slow down? Right. Well, because we talked about that. You have a six game road trip in your first 10 games. You played, uh, they, they played all playoff teams except Arizona and Minnesota. If I remember correctly. I think that's right. Florida and the Panthers. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. And the Panthers were a 90 point team last year. Uh, Minnesota looks awful. And uh, Arizona looks really rock solid right now. So, I I mean, at least like they're going to be competitive in the Pacific. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about, I mean, this is a, this is a, and tomorrow, is like supposedly the beginning of the 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 easing of their schedule, and they get the team that's leading the pacific division so you yeah. know this this has been a a crazy a, a very challenging schedule to start the year, and the ads are eight one and one
0: yeah that's <laughs> uh what do you even say you just laugh and go eight one and one
1: yeah i mean there there have been you know, there have been things that haven't worked. You know, we've talked about the power play early on. The penalty kill couldn't do anything. Penalty kill has been really good lately. Power play struggled. Power play essentially ended the game tonight. Pretty much. That was
0: the, the sealer goal. Nathan McKinnon puts, makes a fantastic play to find Kadri who mm-hmm. just rips a bomb. And that's the goal that ended up chasing Fleury as well, which, Anytime you chase math, you're you're saying you did pretty
1: okay. Oh, especially this year. I think he had like a 9.36 save percentage coming in. He had been a huge part of why Vegas had won the games that they had won. I believe they were six and four coming into tonight. So, uh, you know, not not great, but pretty good. And Flurry had been a huge part of that success. And the Avs took Vegas's greatest strengths: their goaltending and their forecheck, and they systematically dismantled them and made them irrelevant in front of their home crowd on a holiday in which those people get crazy amped up for whatever the hell Nevada Day is. (laughs) And the the Avs basically were the cops shutting down the party. That's a good way to put it. The Avs said,
0: this party is over and never looked back. There was no fight from the
1: fans in this one. The Avs buried them. Absolutely. I, dude, I mean, <laughs> as soon as, you know, when they made it 1-1, I was like, oh, we're in for a game. And then that cadre goal at the end of the first period made it 2-1, and it was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and they came out. As soon as it was 3-1, I felt like it was done. I felt yeah. like the abs were home free and then you know 4-1 you're like oh this baby's really over and 5-1 you're just like all right now they're taunting him and then it's <laughs> 6-1 and you're just like this is payback for something <laughs> so it was and i mean like what do you what do you say like we said that this was going to be a hype cast i i you know i've been accused of being too negative and looking for for things that uh, that are negative in in the, the the sake of balance right now there's no worry of balance This is an awesome hockey team playing fantastic hockey that just played what will probably be their most dominant game of the season against a very good hockey team. Let's go baby. Speaking of dominant, there are, there are still plenty of other individual
0: storylines here. I want to get to McKinnon's next picked up two assists tonight. Again, I said the top line really didn't look that fantastic but McKinnon is now the sole owner of the longest point streak to start a season in abs history with 10 straight games. And he has 14 points over that Mark. Kind of
1: shocking to me, actually that 10 games, yeah, there isn't that, a longer one to start yeah. a season, right? I mean, I mean, just, just because of the talent, you know, if, if the Arizona coyotes had that, I'd be like, oh, I, could, I could see that, you know, between guys like Ronick and, and good you know, some Don't of these guys that they had like, you know, Doan, Sure. You, you could say, oh, you know, I'm surprised those guys never did it. But um, with the abs I mean, like, like Sackick and Forsberg, even Tangay and Hayduk, like these guys, never, do you know, Landeskog, Duchesne, none of those guys ever did it.
0: Well, it, it's funny because the Avs' longest point streak just any time during a season was also playing in this game, and it's none of them. It's Paul Stasny yeah. with, with that a 20-game streak. And that was his rookie year. Right, yep. When he was playing next to Joe Sackick. Yep.
1: It's just uh, point streaks are weird and funny like that. Right. Because they don't. I mean, you think like, oh, this this guy's bringing it night in and night out. And we haven't really seen that from Nathan McKinnon. There have been some games he's been terrible. I mean, think about the Florida game. Right. He was atrocious in that game before he gets the game winner. And you're like, all right, well. And, you know, what was the thing that I said about him coming into the year? That this was the year I thought he was gonna win the heart because I thought he was gonna put it all together and he was gonna remove those ni- those off nights and he was just gonna put it together night in and night out. He hasn't really done that, but he has scoring wise.
0: Right. You can't it would be hard to say he's he's removed the bad nights, but he's finding ways to be productive regardless
1: of that, and that's what great players do. Right, despite his level he has still found a way, and I mean, when he flips the switch, he's already got a huge head start on a lot of people. Because so, I mean, yeah. fourteen points in ten games, and everybody pretty much agrees. Like, com- relatively speaking, he has not played up to the level that we expect of him.
0: Right, I, I think it's pretty clear that there should be more there we haven't seen the dominant Nathan McKinnon of last year and things like that. And I say that as he's tied for fifth in the league in points with less games than everyone ahead of him, but one guy. So well, it's and, just
1: in all these road games, he's played six, yeah, that's six road games. So he's going against, uh, he's going against the toughest matchups that opposing teams can throw at him. He's at the mercy of the opposing coaching staff, having the advantage in 60% of his matchups so far. And the guy scored a point in every game. What's, I mean, what's, and what's crazy is he doesn't have one of those like three or four point nights that, you know, when you get to the end of the year and you look at how does a guy put up 110 points in a season? You know, those are what it is. It's not that he does one point games. Yeah. It's that, you know, you can, you can go scoreless for a week if you have a five point night. Yep. And he doesn't have any of that. He has two points. The crazy thing about Nathan McKinnon, he has two points in four of their 10 games this year and one point in the other six. That dominance has not been there. And that's that's what a special talent is. And that, I mean, it really drives home what a player he, he is turning himself into in that even when he's not at his best, he's producing points, which is the hardest thing to do in the NHL.
0: And that's the reason the rest of the central division is pretty much quaking in their
1: boots. So, I mean, stay right now you look at it, the Avs have a four point lead on Nashville, who I believe they play next week. I think they play Sometime next week soon. Yeah, um, they've got well. Regardless, they have the Preds coming up soon. Uh, but they've got a four point lead on Nashville and St. Louis. But they've got a seven point lead on on Winnipeg already. And. Yeah. And I mean, at 10 games played, they have 17 points already. And you talk about, hey, if you need 95 points to make the postseason through their first 10 games, they are down to they need 78 points the rest of the way. 78 points in 72 games
0: remaining. So they play three games over 500 the rest of the season, and they're probably in the
1: playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. And this like when we talk about oh the hot start and like separation and all these things, like it's it's important. Because it just makes life so much easier. Because it means that you go through a stretch like last year, you are not playing for your playoff life at the end of the year. They have set themselves up to not have to do that the rest of the season. That they could they could have a bad three week stretch, and I'm not even gonna say that they're going to. You know, at some point they will have a ten game stretch where they probably where they go five and five, something like that, four and six. But you can survive that when you have a start like this. And the longer this goes on, you know, we were at six games talking about this. Oh well, now this is the kind of start that that, that you build a special season off of. How much longer could this continue? I mean, they've got they have Anaheim tomorrow, and then they've got a string of home games. They've got three home games in a row, Anaheim, Florida, and Dallas. And you've got one team that is is good in Anaheim. Uh, Edmonton's leading the Pacific. I'm a moron. I don't know why I was thinking Anaheim was. Uh, but Anaheim's like right in the thick of that with all these other teams in the Pacific. But they're off to a solid start, given how awful they were last year. And Florida's a playoff team right now out east. And then you have Dallas, who's off to an atrocious start. But we all know they are better than what they've shown as they've won three in a row. Like, the schedule seriously does not really ease up. Yeah. Because, it it, you know, Anaheim and Florida and then Dallas, Arizona, Dallas, Nashville, Columbus... I mean, I guess, I guess you're feeling like Columbus is your reprieve on the weaker side, but Columbus has, you know, Columbus is in, in playoff position out East right now as well. Right. There really are not that many
0: easy games in the NHL. It's, it's always been talked about as a league of parody, but especially in the West this year if Dallas is arguably the worst team in the West right now, I mean, you set the stage there.
1: They're better than they've shown so far. And and nobody's an easy out. Right. They have the, so this next stretch, we're talking about how long can they keep up this hot start? So they, it has to happen at home. It always has to happen at home for teams that are going to get home ice advantage. They've got to be very good home teams to make it happen. Of course. And they have three games at home, Anaheim, Florida and Dallas and then Arizona and Dallas on the road. I mean, if you win two of those three at home and then one of those two on the road and then Nashville and Columbus, you win one of those two. And I'm talking about them just going essentially playing 600 hockey there. Yep. Which is pretty, pretty standard playoff level team. Like that's this hot start. I cannot stress how much this is a huge thing for them. And if this continues, if they continue to just beat teams, you know, if they end up, they end up at a at a spot where they're all of a sudden, you know, they're they're twelve and two, you know, something like that. Like there is a very real possibility that they are going to contend for the West, the top seed. Yeah, uh,
0: and still a touch of a grain of salt there that it's. A hot start until it's not a hot start anymore, right? It's sure. bound to trend down eventually, Maybe. but you milk it
1: until it stops working, right? We're not even we're not even uh, done with the uh, first month of the season, so all of this it should be premature. But Colorado's record has been so good. I mean, eight one and one. Like, there's just not teams around you that are that are having that kind of start. You know, Except for Edmonton, randomly. Yeah, well, even then, they're eight two and one. So fair, fair. Uh, But no, I mean Nashville. Nashville six three and one, and that's the other part of it. They're building little advantages and tiebreakers. You know, St. Louis already has three OTLs, so they've only got five rows right now, and the Abs have eight. Like they're building little advantages all over the place as we look towards the postseason already. Because this is how you get to the, this is how you get home ice advantage. This is how it's done. And this hot start has been amazing. It's been, there are not enough superlatives out there to describe just how great the abs have been through 10 games. All right. We'll end the second segment
0: on that. The abs hot start feels a little bit like that scene from. Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift where they're like drifting up the car parking lot to me. Yeah. And like, so they're like just totally squealing their wheels all the way up to the top. Right. <laughs> Which <laughs> I, this is a terrible transition cause I lost where it was going. But what I'm trying to say is they could make a lot of money if when they get back home, they were using drift car sharing while wow. they were on the road. <laughs> But hey, look, I mean, everybody wants to make a little bit of money on the side, right? So Drift car sharing is one of the easiest ways you can add a few bucks to your wallet. It's Denver's newest travel hack, and Drift shares locally owned cars with incoming travelers at the Denver airport for a better experience than car rental. Skip the chaos to save on time and fees when you book, or you can share your car to earn and park for free while you travel. Plus, there's no under 25 fee rule, so it's perfect for friends coming to visit. Drift is great if you're going home for break and perfect for extended travel for something like a semester abroad. It's covered by Allstate Insurance on every single trip, and Drift will clean your car inside and out. That's right, even if your car is rented out, is not rented out while you travel, Drift will still clean your car upon arrival. You can get all the info on drivedrift.com. That's drivedrift.com. Third and final segment of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by the Green Solution. I'm Rudo, he's AJ. Rudo and AJ are both our individual codes for the DNVR membership signup competition that we're running. If you listen to the pod, I'm sure you've heard of it by now. If you haven't purchased an annual membership to the DNVR yet, now is the time. Let me tell you, with the ABS playing as well as they are, every single piece coming out is basically just all awesome. The ABS are amazing, and we <laughs> love talking to these guys. We have plans for a bunch of awesome stuff coming up. I know we want to get in another podcast where we talk to the players. That's something we want to do more regularly. AJ, I know you're working on a film room on the, on the down low right now, so I won't give too much away there, but we got a bunch of cool stuff coming.
1: Yeah, we, uh, I talked to PR this week. We're going to try to get, we're going to try uh, to get the next player pod where you can after practice, uh, like we did with Tibbins, uh, we're going to try and ha- make that happen next week while they've got three days off. Yeah, sounds
0: good to me. So that's just one of the many things we have here. And you know what? A year's worth of brick brew would be pretty cool, which is the prize for the people that get the most memberships signed up. A couple of brews might make these pods even more fun, if that's possible somehow. But Either way, if you appreciate the work we do, consider headed, heading over and using code RUDO or code AJ and signing up for an annual membership to DNVR. It would really help us out a lot, and it's just awesome content, even if it's not av stuff that you're looking for. We have Broncos, Nuggets, Rockies, CSU, and CU as well. So content for everyone in and around Denver. CU yeah, and
1: CSU for the true masochists. Among <laughs> yeah, us. very true. <laughs> teams are having rough football years
0: it's not great
1: but hey cu football or cu
0: women's foot bask nope soccer that's the one cu women's soccer is like
1: slaying so cu um uh men's hoops uh should be pretty good they've been really good under tad boyle so I, I enjoy watching them every year. There you go. Despite my Kansas fans. So even if, even if the football is, is a little bit sad, they got something going for them
0: at least, but That's right. unlike them, the Ams have just about everything going for them. I saved the young kid for the third segment. Kale McCarr's first goal, obviously great, oh, but not only that tied for the rookie points lead. Now with Victor Olofsson, who is still up there, by the way, it's only 10 games in, but this Calder conversation is very, very real at the moment. Victor Golovson. Yeah. Yeah. Victor Golovson. Sure. definitely sustainable for him.
1: Hey, Hey, you know what? As much as, as much as abs fans look at that and they're like, well, he's got six goals and all of them are on the power play. You know, McCarr coming into tonight had eight assists and five of them were on the power play. True. So, you know, and McCar got, you know, hey, tonight got an even strength goal. And honestly, he's the real deal. Yep. And tonight, tonight was the kind of performance uh, that reminds you what a special player he's going to be when it all gets put together. This watching him so far reminds me so much of his first year at UMass where He's still feeling the league out, and he's not supremely confident yeah. that he can just dominate right, but you see the flashes of talent every now and then, and he's he's finding his way to points, but you're not feeling like wow this is this is a really special player yet uh in this league, and he's not yet, but he continues to get points he continues to you know, show the flashes and he's learning and finding his way. He's going to have good games, going to have bad games. He was great tonight. He was great.
0: I think you kind of mentioned it about his goal, showing the extreme IQ to, to jump into the open space on the ice there. The place that continues to blow my mind on his IQ side of things is the neutral zone. He is so incredibly smart at understanding where he should go with the puck to open up space and getting that puck to teammates.
1: Yeah, uh, he definitely is reading everything very, very quickly, uh, which is very encouraging because, I mean, he... had he made the pass that he made to Val Nichushkin to basically any other Av tonight, and that's probably a goal. It's just that Val Nichushkin is the victim of the worst luck of all time.
0: He wore number thirteen in Vegas. I'm putting that on him. I mean, it could have been eighteen. That's a that's a Colorado thing. When you're in Vegas, numbers are different. That's true. And thirteen is is unlucky in the gambling world. It's just a fact.
1: I don't make the rules. Okay. All right, hey, you know what? I can go with it. <laughs> it's, it's just, but with McCarr, like he made, he made the kind of play that will result regularly in production from his teammates. Right. That's,
0: and that's where, yes, a bunch of those assists have come on the power play. Yes, some of them are secondaries off of just great plays from the Avs best players, but you see mm-hmm. those underlying plays that the Avs aren't scoring on all the time and you say, you know what? This kid is earning it.
1: Yeah. And when well, and you see, he hits the post. Yep. Right. He makes a great play, jumps into the zone, beats everybody, uh, rings, beats the goaltender, rings one off the post. His third post he's hit this season. And you're like, man, is he ever going to get this goal? And then finally jumps into the play. Perfect read. Perfect everything. Gets that first goal. Should be, Should be the first of many, many, many we see in his career it really should. And the Avs had two other two goal scorers in this game. Nazem Kadri,
0: who is starting to look like the player the Avs thought they were getting in this trade.
1: And it's it's funny how like the slow start comparatively. It was like what, no goals, no points through the first 3 games, 4 yeah. games. And now you look at it and he's tied for the team lead. Right. <laughs> it's
0: all of a sudden just Pucks start going in in droves. Right. And, and
1: like it's, it's well, and it's, he's seven points through, and through 10 games, you know, you're, you're feeling, you're just feeling like, oh, okay, let's, you know, it's like a casual, like 65 point pace. It's fine. Yeah. You yeah. know,
0: just a 40 goal pace.
1: Right. Like you. All right. it's cool. Like it's, <laughs> it is what it is. You know, he's just, He's just doing what he's done his entire career. Yeah. Uh, But the difference now is that, you know, early on in Toronto, he didn't have, he had to be the man on some very bad teams. And he was never that guy. Like he's a very good NHL player, but he's not number one. C. he doesn't have to do that in Colorado. He gets to feast on secondary matchups last year. You know, he had to take a back seat and play third line and play a very defensive, uh, a very defensive role comparatively. This year, he gets to be right where he belongs as a second line center behind a superstar, just doing his thing. Yeah. This year, he gets no look spin
0: passes from Nathan McKinnon on the power play right in the slot to finish. So, (laughs) Cody Egan didn't
1: have his stick and just got ended. It was, yeah, I was like, wow, 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 wow. That's what happens, you know. This is okay because so many times you see. Guy doesn't have a stick and the broadcast will make a big deal out of it and nothing comes of it. But he didn't have a stick and the abs just ate him up. Yeah, it's it's funny that you see guys lose their sticks and regularly
0: NHL players don't just walk up on that guy and challenge him. And when they do, sometimes it goes like this did for McKinnon.
1: Uh, Yeah, straight up. You end up on the right side of a highlight where you're just like, well, well, sorry. You're bad. Don't lose your stick next time. eh?"
0: (laughs) The other side of all of this. The Avs fourth line is the best fourth line in hockey, right? Matt Calvert with two goals tonight. Belmar against his old team with three points. We keep saying the fourth line scoring is going to die down, but here we are. It's still happening.
1: I mean, it will. (laughs) Yeah,
0: maybe, but.
1: Come on. You told me before the season you were worried about guys producing, and right now Matt Calvert's on a 57-point pace. I mean, I think I'm just
0: Nieto's a, on the on the slowest pace of all of them, which is the guy I was most worried about. But even he's
1: picked up an assist tonight, so. Yeah, uh, Nieto on a 41-point pace yeah, currently. So,
0: I mean, really, they won't be the fourth line for much longer if the pace continues. I'll put it that way. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, I mean, all these guys are, you know, uh, Jost uh, is on a forty-one point pace. Comfer is on a more than that, whatever five points in seven games is. Uh, I mean, Sam Gerrard on a also on a, a forty-point pace. Ian Cole's on like a eighty-point pace right now. He has five assists in six games. You know, Colin Wilson's on a forty-point pace. Uh, Jonas Donskoy is on a 50 point pace and so on, and so forth. All these other guys, everybody is right now, man. It's insane. And I put out that tweet tonight about the fourth line last year. Uh, five guys combined for 23 points as they rotated through the fourth line right now, uh, or for, for 30, I think it was 30 points. No, 23 points, in 144 games. And right now the abs current fourth line has 18 points in 30 games. That's pretty silly. You're right. <laughs> So they've got hundred and 114 games to score five points to match last year's fourth-line pace. Something tells me they might be able to do it. Right, but that's the thing, is that we talked so much this summer about how this fourth-line was going to be a difference-maker. And I mean... What can you say? They've done everything. It's been transformational for their forward core that they can roll out that line for 10 to 12 minutes a night. And on any given night, any of their lines could theoretically be the fourth line because they just go with who's rolling. Yeah.
0: And I mean, this game played out perfectly for the abs having the back to back tomorrow. Not a single forward hit the 20 minute mark in ice time. The low man was Matt Calvert with 11 minutes and he scored two goals. So everything went perfect, just like so many things have in the early part of this season for the ads. which I
1: would say is the one thing that we should just keep an eye on. Right. Yeah, for sure. Things have gone very, very well for them in, a, in, in all, almost all the big picture assets, e- even, even Miko Rantanen's injury looked like it could have been serious. It's going to be two weeks. There's, Certainly some some type
0: of adversity is, is yet to come for this team, for certain. But that's not how I'm ending this podcast. I'm ending this podcast with, this is the best team in the NHL
1: right now. And until someone stops them, put your hat on that. I mean, there's no argument. They're 8-1-1. Come and get it. Boom. John, John Gibson tomorrow night, man. Come and get it. You think you think you're going to stop pucks uh, coming from this team right now? Come and get it, big dog. (laughs) All right. Well,
0: you heard him, John. The Avs are coming for you. That's going to do it for the end of this podcast. We're going to get out of here. Another very happy, very excited podcast as hell. Yeah. Why not? Right. The Avs, they're just a fun team to watch right now. So we'll get out of your hair. Right now, the Abs are looking at moving into the top tax bracket in the NHL, gunning for that top in the central spots and if you have some tax needs head on over to symbiotax symbiotax and administration provides its clients with honest and knowledgeable tax services from a licensed professional you guys know we're all about taking care of our own and george over at symbiotax is a proud dnvr subscriber and a diehard avs fan whether you have a small business you're looking to rent out a room in your house or if you just need to get your tax return filed Go to a qualified professional to understand your tax requirements. Don't end up at one of those retail tax chains. Call Symbiotax instead today for a free consultation at 720-366-4470 or visit them at symbiotax.com. That's s y m b i o dot I think I already said goodbye, but I'm just enjoying myself so much i'm gonna say goodbye again thank you all for listening and you will hear from us who knows maybe we'll do another saturday hypecast but monday at the latest
1: we believe piper is the best because of their professionalism because of their capability because of their integrity and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers Piper electric has been a part of the denver community for over 35 years Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have referred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs.